All right, so <clears throat> we are we are pretty familiar with the name Greta Thunberg by now, and you may not know exactly who she is, but you, I, well, let me just say this: you've probably heard the name by now. Um, this is um, she's probably been prominent for maybe like a week now, because I guess she like, I guess she like told Obama that like we're 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 a team. I I don't I don't really know. Okay, here's here's the article. Angry Greta Thunberg tells global leaders she will, she, quote, will never forgive, end quote, them for failing on climate change. Greta Thunberg doesn't mince words. Now, I've watched her speak, and let me, I'll say this. There are some things I think, I think she's wrong about, but that's not the point I'm trying to make here. Greta has, she has the ability and she doesn't possess the fear to just say what she thinks. And that is what, we're, that's what we're lacking. I, I, there, there are things concerning climate change that I disagree with her on, but that's, that's like a whole other episode. That's not the point I'm trying to make here, but she doesn't, she doesn't pull her punches. And I respect, I respect that about someone. Um, you could be, here's the thing, you could be dead wrong about something, and you still, you still come with the ferocity and all of that, and you, you don't, you don't hold back. I do respect you for that. Now, I may say, okay, now this person's an idiot, but I know where they stand, and I know, and I can trust that they, um, that they are going to tell me how they feel. Well, let me ask you this. In your social circle, how many people, how many people would you say, would you describe as they speak their mind consistently? Just, I mean, just, just go ahead and think about that. It's such a valuable thing. It's such a valuable quality to have and definitely yourself. Um, and if you don't have it, if you can have someone in your, in your circle, that really, that really will do something. Um, we are, here we go. Greta Thunberg doesn't mince words, not even when addressing the world's most powerful people. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. The Swedish climate activist told the United Nations General Assembly on Monday, how dare you? Speaking during the UN Climate Action Summit in New York, the 16-year-old was visibly frustrated with her audience at times appeared to, hold, appeared to be holding back anger's, tears of anger. You have stolen my dreams in my childhood with your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones, Thunberg told the assembly. Her signature long braid swept to the side. People are suffering. People are dying. Now, as I said, I'm not going to get into the whole climate change thing. That's not the point I'm trying to make. Because it's something that, you know... Well, let me, well, let me just keep going. But, just, I mean, this girl is 16. I think that is, I think that is just so fantastic. It's like, you have, you have, you have an idea, you have a feeling, you have a, you have a dream, you have a goal, and you try to meet it. 
to me, age is just a number. Like what, whatever, whatever, whatever it is you're trying to do, go do it. I mean, time, time waits for no one. I mean, let me just, what were you doing at 16? You definitely weren't, you definitely weren't talking to the UN. That's for sure. I wasn't talking to the UN. Just go and do it. You know, one thing that definitely controls us and, you know, controls us in how we operate is fear. That's, that is one of the things that combats us. We find, we find ideas and we find our dreams, um, scary and we may think, oh, you know what? No one's going to like this. People are going to think I'm stupid. Um, this is the joke. No one's going to like this. Um, I'm going to be unpopular. I'm going to fail. There's so many things that we fear that hold us back from the things that we could be doing and maybe we should be doing. And how, and here's the thing. You don't know until you do it. That's the thing. We can, we can dream. We can extrapolate. We can speculate. We can, we can try to predict, but you don't know what's going to happen until it's done. You, you, you don't know. I mean, I mean, look at it this way. There are so many people in history where they could have just said, you know what? I don't want to be a failure and I don't want to embarrass myself. And, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to pursue. Um, this goal that I have. My senior quote in high school was uh, from Winston Churchill. And it says, uh, success, what is it? Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. Whatever you do, you have to keep moving. You have to keep, you have to believe that you can do this. And if you, if you fail, you fail. But let, but let's look at it this way. You, you try to do something that most people are afraid to do. There are people who have great ideas all the time. There are people who have ideas for apps, ideas for startups, um, ideas to, uh, quit their job and go, go backpacking around the world. So many things, but what percentage does that? There's fear is just one of those things that just holds us back as humans. And I, I applaud Greta Thunberg. She, she is, she's 16. Um, you know, I believe she's got a, I believe she's got a bright future. Um, I can't really wait to see what she does next. Now, again, I do disagree with her, but here's the thing. I want to see people go. I want to see people be great, and I want to see people be the best that they can possibly be. I don't like mediocrity in anything. I don't like mediocre food. I don't like mediocre games. I don't like I don't like mediocre athletes. I don't like mediocre books. I don't like mediocre test grades. You have to strive to be the best. You have to strive to do the things that are hard. And that's, that's what Greta's doing. She's, she, she said, okay, I'm 16. So what? She sees the world a certain way. And she said, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, 
I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. Do you know how many people, I mean, let me, the number one fear, the number one fear is public speaking. It's not even death. I want to say death is two, which is pretty crazy to think about. And even, even Seinfeld, this is an, this is an episode where he, he kind of, it's one of the opening lines and he's like, he kind of, he talks about this and he's like, that's amazing. He's like, people would rather be in the casket than the person giving the eulogy. This is incredible. She's 16 years old speaking to the UN. Some people, some people can't speak in front of five people. You're speaking in front of, I'm not sure how many people are in the UN or all that, but these are powerful people. You know, these aren't just Joe Blows on the street. These aren't just Jane Doe's. These are, these are, these are some powerful people. And she didn't hold back. Thunberg's message to leaders was clear. Like many times in the past, she accused them of not doing enough to mitigate climate change. For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. How dare you continue to look away? She said that quite a bit. How dare you? Um, the Swedish school girl rose to prominence because of her determination to persuade global leaders to take climate change seriously. She started with weekly sit-ins outside the Swedish parliament holding a handmade school climate strike sign. <coughs> In just a few months, the one girl protest grew to, into a worldwide movement with students walking out of schools in well over a hundred countries. Now, I'm not going to get into how they, how they feel about certain things or if they really are just going on strike because they believe in the cause or because they, um, because they just don't want to go to school. I'm going to be real. Most people aren't activists. Most people aren't people who are willing to stand up for a cause and actually do something about it. So when I hear, when I hear that, you know, some people like just want to strike, there's some people who I just believe, okay, you just, I believe most of them, you just either didn't want to go to work today, you didn't want to go to class today if you're kids, if you're a kid, or just some, or just something like that. But that's just me speculating. I have no clue. Thunberg is taking a sabbatical year from school to attend conferences and meetings with policymakers and those impacted by climate change. But persuading her to come to America wasn't easy. Thunberg refuses to fly because of the high levels of emissions from air travel. When she traveled to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, in January, she traveled by train. It took her 32 hours. Now, I applaud her for this. Because, you know, you had those people where they had like that big climate change summit. And all these celebrities and all these powerful people were taking like private jets and gas, gas guzzling limousines. I, I, I will give, I will give Greta credit for this. She, you know, she's someone who, she doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. I mean, how many of these people would go, would go by train to take in a, on a 32 hour trip? Certainly not me. Adults keep saying this is, this is, these are her words. Adults keep saying we owe it to the young people to give them hope. But I don't want your hope. I want you to panic. She told the rich and powerful gathered in the Swiss mountain resort. Now, I am going to say this. Panic is not a good thing. Panic isn't good. Panic isn't productive. 
Panic, panic just means you're scared, you're afraid, you don't know what to do, and you freeze. When you panic, you freeze. So panicking isn't good, Greta. I, I know, I know what you're trying to say, but, pan, you know, you know, it, it's, it's, from your point of view, it, it's gotta be about action, not about panicking. Panicking doesn't help anyone. Like in New York on Monday, her speech was met with a stunned silence, then an overwhelming applause. To get her to come to New York to address the United Nations, she was offered the option of sailing across the Atlantic Ocean on a 60-foot zero-emissions yacht. Separately on Monday, Thunberg and 15 other children filed a complaint with the United Nations alleging that five of the world's leading economies have violated their human rights by not taking adequate action to stop the unfolding climate crisis. The petition names five countries, Germany, France, Brazil, Argentina, and Turkey, that they, that they say have failed to uphold their obligations under the Convention on the Rights of the Child, a 30-year-old human rights treaty that is most widely ratified in history. She said her message to, to the global leaders gathered in New York is simple. We are watching you. If you, if you, chose, if you chose to fail us, I say we will never forgive you, she added. Okay, so... Greta, you go ahead. You go on and do your thing. Um, I want to congratulate you on your success. Um, you know, I I disagree with... I don't fully agree with you on the climate change thing. But that's a whole other topic. But, you know, just keep keep going on this. You know, keep... You know, be be the best that you can be. It's To me, it's amazing. You're 16. I'm 20. And I, I have done some things that most 20-year-olds haven't done. But it's it's nothing nothing this spectacular. I've never I've never spoken to the United Nations. I don't know if I ever will, but you know, more power to you, Greta. Okay. Um This this next story is just stupid. This this is a stupid story. Um Die Hard Tanner left with hole in face after skin cancer diagnosis. Um a self-described diehard Tanner is speaking out about the dangers of forming such a habit after she was left with a hole in her nose <coughs> and staples in her face when she developed skin cancer. Rebecca Rupp of Oklahoma said she would visit the tanning booth up to six times a week. What are you doing going to a tanning booth six times a week? This isn't the gym. Why, like... There's something wrong with her. Like, this, like, there's actually six times a week. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. We're not talking about the gym here. <clears throat> We're not talking about church here. The tanning booth. Man, that's stupid. That is just stupid. The spot on her cheek wasn't as concerning to her dermatologist as a white spot on her nose, <coughs> which 41-year-old Rupp hadn't thought anything of. As soon as I went in for the dark spot, the dermatologist said a white-looking mole on the tip of my nose. Rupp, a teacher, uh, told MDW Features. He told me how long I had it. He asked me how long I had it. It had only been there for about two months. It had only been there for about two months <clears throat> or so. I thought it was just a pimple that wouldn't go away. 
Oh, God, this is just stupid. And th- th- these photos, these are not, these are not for the, for the weak of stomach. These are some tough photos to look at. <clears throat> I'm already coughing over here. I'm looking at this picture. And I'm trying to hold down uh, my food. They used skin from her forehead to repair the hole in her nose, which took four weeks to heal. Rupp said her dermatologist <clears throat> removed it, sent it in for a biopsy, which revealed that it was cancerous. She was then sent for Mohs surgery and left with a gaping hole in her nose, which required taking a flap from her skin from her forehead to repair. Mohs surgery is performed while the patient is awake and alert, but numbed in the affected area, um, numbed in the affected area, according to the American Academy of Dermatology. A certified surgeon cuts the visible skin cancer and removes a thin layer of surrounding skin, repeating the procedure until no more cancer cells are found in the removed skin. While some wounds heal without stitches, others like Rupp will acquire a skin graft. In Rupp's case, it took four weeks for the wound to heal because a reconstructive surgeon could remove the flap from her nose. Before a reconstructive surgeon could remove the flap from her nose. She had her final surgery on July 9th. Rupp, who said she knew the dangers of tanning, but loved how it made her feel. That, mm, I don't even know what to say about that. See, see, there, see, these are the things. These are the things where I, I don't feel bad for people like this. There are certain people who put themselves in situations that are very easily avoidable. So she knew the dangers of tanning. But loved how it made her feel. And also said her and also said her hobby relaxed her and made me feel pretty. Oh my god. I mean this this is <coughs> I don't even know what to say about this. I don't even know what to say about this. You know, okay, tanning is not First of all, in case you guys don't know, tanning, tanning in a, in a, in a, in a booth is not, that's not natural. There's nothing natural about that. You really, personally, I don't understand why people do it. Um, you know, I do know that there are some people who are just like super pale and they're like, okay, I, I gotta have some pigmentation in me. I gotta have some color on me. And so they do it. But this is, this is just, this is just, this is just dumb. This is, this is just dumb. Um, this is back in the article. Uh, Rupp, who said that she knew the dangers of tanning, but loved how it made her feel. And also said her hobby relaxed her and made me feel pretty. Now works for a skincare company and is urging others to take better care of their skin. Her experience has moved her to warn others about the dangers of tanning, which is something she took for granted before the diagnosis. I was a diehard tanning bed tanner. In my early years, I tanned at least five to six times a week. I was told by others it was bad for me, but until it happened to me, I never listened. That's usually what happens. That's usually what happens. You're in a situation... And you say, okay, you know what? It, you know, I know it's bad for me, but it's not, it's not going to happen to me. 
Because everyone thinks that they're special. People think that they're special. People think that they're um, not replaceable. People think that they are the exception. But now that it happened to her, she's like, oh, I'm not that special anymore. Here's one. I, I think, and she's 41, so she's not really in this in this generational problem. But one problem in our generation is that kids have been raised um, to think that they're special. And I think people need to understand that, um, no, you're not. You're not special. Um, you, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not an exemption. You are not, um, you're not the exception. You are, um, you're, you're not that different. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not, um, ahead of your time. Nothing like that. Rep was not unlike other college students. Found, as the American Academy of Dermatology found, 59% of students have reported using a tan bed in their lifetime. The AA, the AAD estimates approximately 7.8 million adult women and 1.9 adult men in the U.S. still use indoor tanning facilities. Now, as a black man, I, <clears throat> I should say a dark-skinned black man, I don't need to tan. I don't. Um, so I don't know what tanning feels like, but I do know it's dangerous, and I do know that in all things you have to do it in moderation. If you want to tan, go ahead and tan. But but five to six five to six times a week, that is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Your body is not supposed to be your body's not supposed to be exposed to those to those kind of rays. Because you have to understand, they put you in the bed, they close the lid, and <clears throat> the lights are, I don't know, six inches from your face and your body. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that that's not, there's nothing natural about that. And to do that five to six times a week, that, that's just stupid. Um... She then goes on to talk about uh, using sunscreen, but I don't care. This is just dumb. This is just absolute. This is just stupid. I can't feel bad for people like this. Okay, next topic. Um, Daniel Jones. We have to pump the brakes on this guy. We really do. We're acting like he's just so fantastic, and he's not. Remember, he was the laughing stock. The expectations for him were zero. He went against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers let up, let their foot off the pedal, played not to lose, and the Giants won. Okay, now, here's what we need to understand. When expectations are on the ground, it's easy to surpass them. Now, I will say this. He had a good game. I will, I will give him that. But what we need to understand is, you know, the Giants have a long way to go. They have a very long way to go. I just, we just, we just, uh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I just thought of. 
<clears throat> New York is not in a good place right now. The Knicks, the Jets, their quarterback has mono, which is like super embarrassing. Um, the the Giants, they just lost Saquon, which like that's pretty huge. I just I don't I don't just just all I gotta say is just pump the brakes on this guy. Just pump, just take it easy. Cause here, okay, here's the schedule. Redskins, Vikings, Patriots, Cardinals, Lions, Cowboys, Jets, Bears, Packers, Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins, Eagles. No, I think they could win. A good portion of those games. I could see them winning. Redskins. I could see them winning next week. I think they're going to lose next week. They're not going to beat my Patriots. At Gillette. They'll beat the Cardinals. They'll beat the Lions. They're not going to beat the Cowboys. Um. Oh, that's Sunday Night Football. Great. Um. They'll probably... They'll probably beat the Jets. And here's the thing. We don't really know when Saquon's coming back. So that that's why it's kind of hard to predict this stuff. Because he has a high ankle sprain. And that is no joke. Um, if you saw if you saw him yesterday, he was on crutches and in a boot. Um, it's it's no joke. And so just just take it easy on Daniel Jones. New York, I know you're excited, and I know you are happy to, you know, finally feel like there's something to celebrate in New York, so I kind of get it, but here's the thing, I feel for you, I don't want you to get all hyped up and all excited just for it to come crashing down, I don't want that for you, even though you've you've beaten my Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, I, I just, I understand that, I understand, it hurts to, it hurts to have high expectations, and excitement, excitement can be dangerous, because you get excited, you're happy, you're looking forward to something, and then, something, and then it falls flat. That's not a good feeling for anything. It could be, you know... Dating, you know, dating someone. You think this person likes you. You act like they like you. You like them. And then you go to ask them out. And then they say, oh no, um, yeah, let's just, let's just stay friends. That is a dagger in the heart. And if that's never happened to you, um, you want, you're one of the few lucky ones. Um, but anyway, the point is, don't don't get so excited about Daniel Jones. Keep calm, keep cool. But don't don't get swept up in this stuff. It's just it's not a good idea. Because this doesn't help anyone. So Daniel Jones had he was twenty three for thirty six. 
338 yards, two touchdowns. I think he had two, I think he had two rushing touchdowns actually as well. So he had a game, but he played the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers are like middle of the pack in terms of defense. In terms of, I should say, what is it? What is it? Uh, yards per game. So, New England's 1, 49ers 2, Rams 3, Bears 4, Panthers 5, Bills 6, Titans 7, Falcons 8, Broncos 9, Browns 10, Seahawks 11, Vikings 12, Packers 13, Buccaneers 14. So, they're right in the middle of the pack. Um, so just, just keep that in mind. Just don't, don't get super, super excited. Just keep it cool, keep it calm, keep it collected. Um, did he have a good game? He did. He did. But don't start talking about him as if he is the second coming. Okay? People are going to start gathering film on this guy. You have no Saquon. It's like, okay, what's he really going to do? I mean, that's really huge. Because he goes against the Redskins next week. Saquon will not be in that game. Most likely. I I don't think I've ever heard of anyone having a high ankle sprain and playing seven days later. I just... I I could be wrong, but I've never heard of that. So it's like, okay... What are you going to do? You know, all this, you know, now there's a bunch of hype around you. Because remember, I'm going to say this again. Daniel Jones came into the league. And not the, he was the laughing stock. He was the biggest joke of the draft. Expectations were underground for him. So he, so he easily surpassed those expectations. And now... It's like, okay, you know, now there's hype and people are like, okay, this guy is, this guy's the future. Now people are looking to you, Daniel Jones, and they're saying, okay, man, take us to the promised land. And he's like, okay, well, just take it easy now. I, I, you know, it was just one game. Um, these guys are pros. These guys are very good. Pretty, there's pretty much no film on Daniel Jones. That's what you have to understand. When you have these, when you have rookies, you have to you have to keep that in mind. There's no footage on these people. That's like that was the thing with the Rams when Sean McVay came in. Sean McVay has a terrific memory. And he was fantastic. But as the season went along, his early years, people were like, okay, so these are your tendencies. This these are the things that you do. And now we understand, okay, well, I guess. I guess this is it. And then people start to figure you, figure you out. And your job isn't easier. It's much harder now. Because when you, when you have no knowledge of me and you don't know anything about me, the only thing you really know is the hand that I throw with. I, I have all the power in my hand. For every play he does, there's more footage that they get on him. People are gonna be, the Redskins are gonna be waiting for him. So we'll see. But Giants fans, 
Don't get excited.